Welcome back, everybody, to a very delayed but another episode of the Basin Binge as we finally get back to Spider-Man Week. I can't even call it Spider-Man Week anymore. I think it's like almost been two weeks since I released that last episode. The holiday season and this time of year with work has been very busy. Uh, a lot of things took a lot more time than I expected, so that partially was the reason the episodes were delayed. Additionally, I just I needed some time to reorient myself after all of that. So finally back to finish out the year with Spider-Man Week. This was supposed to be in preparation for No Way Home. I've since seen No Way Home. I enjoyed it. A review will be coming on that at the end of the year. So to finish out Spider-Man Week here, of course, Spider-Man 3 that you're listening to right now, the two amazing Spider-Man films, and then the three MCU Spider-Man films. It's going to be a lot of fun. All the reviews are going to be pretty quick. Finish out the year and this week with them. Starting next week at the start of the year, animation season is coming back to the basement binge. I am extremely excited for that, but for the time being, let's finish out Spider-Man Week by talking about Spider-Man 3. Real quickly though, just want to mention to you, I also do have a giveaway going on for a digital copy of Homecoming that is still current. I just checked it. Uh, The details about that right after Two Cents, our first segment. So Two Cents, this segment is completely spoiler-free. If you, like me, have not seen Spider-Man 3, don't worry, this is completely spoiler-free. Now, even if you are like me, having not seen the film in its entirety, you know what Spider-Man 3 is. When I say that, you immediately get ideas about it. This film really does have a lot of problems. There's a lot of trouble that it has, mainly in its pacing, particularly because it's overstuffed with characters and ideas. The CGI is horrible, and not just because it's dated. I mean, look at Spider-Man 2 that happened just three years earlier, and that CGI is significantly better. The editing is wonky. MJ talks way too slow. Some things feel completely overdone, and a lot of other things feel completely out of left field and like they don't belong. But Tobey Maguire is still endearing as Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Him as a character and the performance with that character is one that I really enjoy and, and I just like to have fun in this universe with him. The camera work and the music are still exceptional. The characters and their personal growth is still engaging. The action is fun most of the time, hopefully. And it's just mainly a whole lot of campy fun with schlocky performances. There's a lot about this film that works really well, and the faults are not glaring, just kind of disappointing. They don't ruin the overall experience of the film. They kind of just ruin those individual moments that they are in. The film as a whole is one that I really, really can enjoy, and I'm glad I enjoyed it this much. Of course, after Spider-Man 2, you're just going to be let down. It's Spider-Man 2, after all. It's just... But this isn't as bad as people say it is. We'll get into more to it in two cents, but I think that visiting it now is what makes it really easy to just enjoy and appreciate the things about this that do work really well, and it's not as horrible as people like to say it is. Also, just to include this in two cents, because I don't know where else to put it, I just found out in preparing for this episode that Elizabeth Banks plays Miss Brandt, J. Jonah Jameson's assistant. I've been wondering who plays her, and... Elizabeth Banks is the last person I would have expected. So that's two cents. Super, super short to go with a really short episode. So here's that announcement about how you can win yourself a free digital copy of Spider-Man Homecoming for you to own the film digitally. So there's two ways to do it. Simply by leaving a review for the podcast. The first way is to go to podchaser.com slash the basement binge or just click the link in the show notes or go to podchaser.com and just search the basement binge leave a review. Any review doesn't just have to be on this episode. 
any review at all. Podchaser is great. It's kind of like the IMDb of podcasting. There's a lot that you can do on it in addition to reviewing the show. Now, you can review the show as a whole, The Basement Binge, or you can review individual episodes, so Spider-Man 3 or any other episode. For every review you leave, it's an entry into a drawing that I will do at the end of Spider-Man week. Additionally, Spotify just released a feature where you can leave reviews on the show as well. If you leave a review on Spotify, that will also enter you into the drawing. If you want to be sure to be entered into that giveaway, just send me a screenshot of your review. You can do so on social media linked in the show notes, or you can email me at bingebasement at gmail.com. That's just mainly because Spotify's viewing of that rating is a little bit more difficult to see than Podchaser. Either way, Podchaser or Spotify, you can send me a screenshot of your review. That for sure, I'll see it that way. Uh, but you can win a digital copy of Homecoming. Now, if you're not into that, if you don't want a digital copy of Homecoming here in the US, I also have a lot of screen passes. I have three every month that I can give away. If you're not interested in Homecoming, happy to offer you one of those screen passes for plenty of the films I have, including like Kung Fu Panda and How to Train Your Dragon series that are coming up for animation season. Anyway, that's enough announcements from me. Let's go on to the next segment right after this very short break. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc all right that's enough interruption from the episode let's continue to the next segment live up this is where i talk about my expectations going into the film and if it was able to live up to those expectations hence the name i really think that my experience with this film has been blessed by my lack of involvement in the release of this film. Like I mentioned, I hadn't seen Spider-Man 2. I wasn't involved in the pop culture event that this film was. I wasn't watching trailers. I wasn't a part of the fans hoping for something. I am someone who is binging these years later out of my love for Spider-Man and in a failed attempt to prepare for Spider-Man No Way Home. The viewing experience is significantly differently. I already know what to expect. I'm not going into a theater blind hoping for something that I end up not getting. So what am I expecting of the often claimed mess that is Spider-Man 3? I was expecting to have a lot of fun. Maybe it's because none of it takes me by surprise. I've seen so many segments of this film. I know the ideas and the characters and what they go through. Emo Peter isn't a surprise to me, so I get to enjoy it instead of being annoyed by it. Yes, the film does way too many things and does a lot wrong. I do love Emo Parker. I think everything happening with Venom is entirely unnecessary though. I would ditch Sandman before I switch Venom because of his his story is a lot weaker. Venom feels, as a a character with Eddie, more interesting to Peter, but Venom feels the most out of place, mostly because this trilogy is really grounded in reality, so to speak, and that's the wrong word. It's grounded in these individuals, mainly focusing on them and their experiences and how that's all connected. 
So a meteor coming from the sky with an alien symbiote on it is very foreign to this world. When and that happens in the film, it just feels like it doesn't belong. It feels forced. Now, Sandman, he is also a really weak character in the way he is written. His dialogue is horrible. There's a lot of horrible dialogue in this film, but especially for Sandman. The retcon of him being Ben's killer makes no sense in-universe or just logically at all. He would have been better as a villain who was just unconnected to Peter, someone who was wreaking havoc on the city as a criminal. New Goblin, on the other hand, with Harry, he's a very interesting villain, but mostly because he's been around for three films, that's where that strength comes in because of the relationship to Peter. Like we saw with Green Goblin, like we saw with Doc Ock, they were, they were mentors to Peter. They were someone who meant something to him. And so New Goblin, Harry, that is definitely a character who, had, who could have done that. Sadly, he's the villain that is sidelined the most. And it's sad because most of those things with his character becoming a villain is extremely rushed and tossed around way too quickly. Everything's very, very forced, and you can tell that things don't fit throughout the entire film, so they try and stuff them in where they can. So what does work about the film? Why, do I, why am I saying that I really enjoy it? Sandman, as a sympathetic criminal, not as a crazy villain, just a criminal in a sad situation making bad decisions, is great. Harry, as a threat to Peter personally, and as a challenge to Spider-Man because he's a, he's a person that he doesn't want to fight or hurt, MJ and Peter having relationship struggles because of genuine, difficult relationship turmoil that's real, not just MJ flip-flopping way too much. Which she does do, but it, it feels more authentic. Peter being happy because things are working out for him and Spider-Man. Like, that's a really good thing. Gwen and her involvement is well done. Also, her just being a wonderful person and apologizing to MJ when she realized how she was used. I mean, that's just really sad, but great person there. Emo Peter and Black Suit Spider-Man as a person who we have seen be so selfless and sacrificial in his life, now being very selfish and rude. It's a great twist to a character. I don't really know how to make it more compelling and interesting emotionally and in this story and in these characters that we know. It does feel very foreign, but it is a fun thing to do with this character. The camera work, of course, is still great here as it has been throughout the entire trilogy. The music, especially that new black suit theme, fantastic. And just generally the style and artistic touch of Sam Raimi. It's there in moments, like the fun edits with the pipe bursting and the punch zooms on Sandman or in the jazz club scene. And we feel it, and it's really, really fun, and it draws me in. But there's other moments, sadly, where we see the demoralization of Sam Raimi, like Peter taking off his mask to empty the sand, and the jump cut there is just horrible and obvious. I can feel the personal touch of Sam Raimi slipping. You can, you can feel that this was hard for him to care about in moments, but his personal touch does come through in, in flashes. So does it live up to those loose expectations I had? Yes. Almost exactly. It's messy and overstuffed with a clear loss of heart from Sam Raimi. There's a lot of things that don't work about it, and I wasn't expecting them to work, so they didn't have to. But it did surprise me how fun it was and how funny it can be. In the right setting, I would watch this again in a heartbeat. It won't be for a bit, but I would not hesitate to watch this again when the urge comes. I know I enjoy this, and I know I will enjoy it again. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm losing all credibility, and I'm probably going to even more in this next segment, Lease and Likes. This is where I talk about my least favorite scene and my favorite scene. I'm really good at names for segments, if you can't tell. So let's talk about my least favorite scene first. Without a doubt, there's a few that I could pick from, but without a doubt, it is that first fight between Peter and Harry. The CGI is horrendous. The action is choppy and bland. 
Harry becoming New Goblin is completely rushed for a quick action scene just to have him sidelined with a literal brain reset until they can bring him back for the end. You can tell that they didn't know how to juggle all three villains in the middle, so they just sidelined Harry and New Goblin by having him forget. It's kind of stupid. And so that fight, which could have been really interesting and could have been an interesting trial and challenge to Peter is just wasted for a wonky CGI mess at the beginning of the film to just sideline Harry. That is all what that scene is there is so that Harry can bump his head, so that they can get him out of the way. I don't like that scene. A difficult start to an otherwise fun part of the film with Peter on his stupid moped thing. So what's my favorite scene? I am probably going to lose any credibility that might have been remaining in this episode. But genuinely, not satirically, genuinely my favorite part of this film is emo Peter. From him messing with Eddie Brock to the jazz dance scene, that is when I'm having the most fun. That, that is when I'm enjoying myself in this film. Who cares about the overstuffed villains? I'm laughing and smiling. I'm enjoying myself. I'm enjoying Toby's performances as this ridiculous version of Peter. I really think it's because I, was, I wasn't in that theater being bullied by email Peter in that moment where I was just so devastated by the mess of this film. He's a joke, and I get to enjoy it as a joke, and I think it's exceptionally well done for what it's trying to do. There's some moments like Peter when he's on the phone with Dr. Connors telling Ursula to go make him more cookies that do not work at all. But for the most part, this is the section of the film that I have the most fun with and that makes me have these positive feelings about it, that these are the things that last for the film in my mind that make me lean towards more positive things to say. Everything from Tobey Maguire's performance to the editing and camera work just screams fun. I think this is where Raimi was the least held back, and it, it really shows. It's fun. It's campy. It's absolutely ridiculous, and it's intentionally being that way, and I really enjoy it for doing that because it is just, it's ridiculous, and it's lots of fun. But to try and earn back some credibility, there's this also the ending of the film that I just really, really love for lots of reasons. I love that Harry dies. I mean, like, that's really sad. But I love that there's consequences. And also this line, narrated by Tommy McGuire. As a great end to the movie, but also to the trilogy, even if that wasn't what it was originally meant to be, whatever battle is raging inside us, we always have a choice. He chose to be the best version of himself. It's our choices that make us who we are, and we always have a choice to do what's right. I think that is a great thematic bookend for everything that this trilogy has been and what this film was. It's a great moment. I love that MJ and Peter are together, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're dating again or in a relationship again, but just that they are connected and that there is a relationship there in all the mess that it is. It's a good ending to the film. And that is where this podcast comes to a close. The, these Spider-Man episodes in the interest of time and releasing them once a week to not get behind again are much shorter. This is a fun film. I, I would love to watch this with a group of people who maybe hate it. I, in preparation for this, I, I was listening to the first part of Matt and Rob's episode over on Matt Goes to the Movies, and there's a lot that I know we're going to disagree on now. Um, it was funny how they were talking about how binging these films back-to-back would be different, and it really does feel that way. Uh, I think because of that and because of my lack of previous experience with it makes me just have a lot of fun with it. And I'm okay with that. I'm, I had fun and I'm not going to shy away from that. 
So if I have completely lost your respect, or maybe I've gained it, I don't know. Either way, subscribe to The Basement Binge wherever you are currently listening. Spider-Man Week is going to continue. Right after this, we got the Amazing Spider-Man films. I'm excited for those. I've already seen Amazing Spider-Man 1, got a review on that coming uh, pretty quickly tomorrow. And Amazing Spider-Man 2, I have not seen, so I'm excited. And then on to that, making room for animation season. Super stoked for that. Again, if you want to enter that Spider-Man Homecoming digital copy, leave a review on Podchase or on Spotify. Reach out to me on social media. If you have insights about these Spider-Man films, you can send me an email. Maybe you got some thoughts for the animation films coming up. I don't know. Additionally, if you just want to help out the show, even if you're not interested in the Spider-Man Homecoming digital copy, it helps a ton to leave a review. It is super easy, particularly on Spotify. If you're listening on there, I would appreciate. I mean, five-star reviews are always great, but any type of review is, is really, really helpful. Additionally, I'm Podchaser. That's super helpful. So that's going to wrap up this Spider-Man episode. Thank you so much for being here. This is a, another episode of Spider-Man Week. Very, very delayed. This is The Basement Binge. My name is Harrison, and that's all for now. Ciao, ciao. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.